0: Here we are. Mm.
1: How'd you like that ASMR?
0: I did it away from the mic at the same time. So once again, we are harmonizing. (laughs) Let's start with a with a um what what would you call this? Start with a
1: drama? No, I'm just joking.
0: (laughs) Take off running here. A scandal. A controversy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not a scandal. (laughs) It's just controversy. Facebook controversy, which makes it even less than normal.
0: It's the entertainment that we don't ask for, but we love.
1: Um, Okay, so on Facebook earlier today, scrolling through my feed, and one of my friends shared a story or a post by this other lady, and she was complaining about... The Disney movie Onward and the DreamWorks movie Trolls, the new one that's come out. Mm -hmm. So at the beginning, she has like a disclaimer and it says, Christian parents, learn from my mistake. Do not let your children watch Onward or Trolls 2 or any Disney movie for that matter. I feel awful, but I'm one to learn and share from my mistakes. The other day, I saw Disney Plus had a new movie, Onward. I didn't research it. I didn't screen it before letting Emily watch. I'm assuming it's her daughter. I was working, so I just wanted to play a movie she hadn't seen so I can get some work done. Towards the end of the movie, when I finished, I noticed so much satanic symbolism that I really beat myself up for allowing my daughter to watch it. I didn't, I don't think she paid much attention and mostly played with her toys, but these movies have subliminal messages. After reading the movie summary, I was just disgusted. <laughs> I was just disgusted. It's about two boys and she's talking about onward here. Um, mm-hmm. It's about two boys trying to bring their father back to life with the witchcraft. There were many satanic symbols, but the first picture below stood out the most to me. It's a character in the movie that is like a mother figure what do you notice about her? She is like the locust from Revelation. First of all, <laughs> Onward is not about that. And the character that she's talking about is not a really a mother figure. I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. Um, but she goes on to describe the locust from Revelation. Seven, the shape of the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold, and their faces were like the faces of men. Eight, they had hair like women's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. Nine, and they had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots with many horses running into battle. Ten, they had tails like scorpions, and their were stingers in their tails. Their power was to hurt men... What? Five months. So... <laughs> I forgot what her name is in the movie. Do you remember what it is?
0: Um, No, here, I'll look. Octavia Spencer plays the voice of the Manticore, so her name is the Manticore. Oh,
1: yeah, the Manticore. Okay, so... That's who she's talking about. I don't even, I can't even... <laughs> For someone to like remember that blows my mind, first of all.
0: Oh, like knowing where, like what the Bible, like when she sees the movie, thinking about the Bible parts or whatever. Yeah, Yeah.
1: like what? I don't. She goes on to talk about Trolls 2, which I honestly thought it was Trolls 3. Is it Trolls
0: 3? Here, let me look it up. Trolls movies.
1: Maybe it is Trolls 2. Whoops.
0: Yeah, it is Trolls 2. It's a, a sequel. I could have
1: fucking sworn there was already a second one.
0: <laughs> You're right. I thought so too.
1: Am I having a Mandela effect moment here?
0: <gasps> it might be. Yeah, it just says Trolls from 2016 and then Trolls World Tour. Maybe it's the show. I know they had like a little show. Did I'm they? Sure. Maybe that's I honestly thought
1: there was already a second one. I'm literally having. <clears> yeah, there's, there's a show. There's a show? Mm
0: hmm.
1: Fucking remember that shit either.
0: <laughs> it came out in 2018.
1: I don't remember the show. Wow, that's fucking weird. Okay, anyways, besides that Mandela effect happening, um. Mm-hmm. So, in Trolls 2, I've never watched Trolls 2. I did see Onward, so that's why I was like, what the fuck? Oh,
0: yeah, same here. Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, Trolls 2 is introducing the New World Order, but they call it the New World Harmony. Um, I read the storyline. It's exactly as the Bible describes. It teaches that if they follow the rules of the New Order, they won't face persecution. Not only are we as adults being prepared for what will be in the end times, so is our children. Satan is coming for our children. Don't let him into your home. It's easy to act like it's just magic and harmless movies, but they are not of God. I can promise from this day forward we will no longer support Disney movies. Even when I was a kid, things like bestiality, Beauty and the Beast. This part is so... (laughs) uh, And... Half animal, half human abominations, the little mermaid, which is my favorite, (laughs) have been programmed into our brains as normal. I used to think that we watched what we watched on TV or the movie or the music we listened to didn't matter, but it does. Learn from me and always screen what your child will watch. Share to other Christian parents. I know we slip up and have busy lives ourselves. And we don't always put 100% of thought into every detail, but for the sake of our children, we should. And then she goes on to edit to say, I really can't believe how many of you think this is funny, especially some of you who claim to walk with the Lord. When you truly follow Jesus, you can't pick and choose what you want to believe. Actually, I reckon I can believe it because Jesus said his believers would be mocked for sharing the truth. I pray for you and your children. It's easy to sweep things under the rug and laugh at people like me who try to open your eyes to what our children see and hear, but you'll sing a different tune when these things begin to happen. I reckon some of y'all will have to experience these things to realize they are real and happening under our noses. Don't say you weren't warned. I'm not sure exactly what she's talking about. Like, I don't know what she's referring to as, like... it, 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 you have to experience things to realize what is real and what's happening under it. Like, what is she talking about? Like, the subliminal messages? Like,
0: see it for yourself. Yeah, like, try to look into it deeper. Because, I guess, this, it being subliminal messages, you don't notice it right away. But your brain picks it up. Um. Well, what I will say about that is the simple conversation she can have with her child is that this is based on imagination. Imaginary um fiction mm-hmm. but at the same time believing in the bible and stuff i mean don't know
1: there's just extremists out there like mm-hmm. i don't know you just can't enjoy anything because everything is evil like i don't know
0: but what if she's right
1: then she's i just don't think that satan is out convert your children they can you know what i'm gonna tell you right now so everyone thinks that satan is like this evil being and shit but a lot of people when you're a child you don't fucking want to like you're not gonna watch a cartoon and be like oh shit now i want to fucking i love satan like whatever even if there are subliminal messages they're not gonna fucking know what the fuck they're even looking at
0: Yeah. And if your kid is hard enough
1: to grasp that, something you need to be extremely careful and just not fucking show them anything then. But
0: But then sheltering them from that um, just avoids answering the questions where they could just be having simple discussions to break down why it's wrong to this or that even if it's not yeah. real and it's a fictional cartoon or whatever but it, that um, they just don't to, want it to question yeah they just don't yeah. want their children to question yeah, because that why. goes back
1: to being a parent you have to learn how to speak to a fucking kid and apparently mm-hmm. that's too hard for a majority of parents so
0: Mhm and it kind of ties into like whenever they were saying video games cause violence and it's like well if that's all your child is being exposed to and not the real world where you can have real conversations about how the real world is and what's right and what's wrong mm-hmm. then of course they're going to feel like that's the reality of it is that they could just go and you know be violent in public and there would be no consequences but it's those conversations that parents need to be having with their children not just using the blanket statement of don't let them see these things or don't right. let them watch these things because then they'll question your belief system. And then that's what they really don't want is is their own children questioning the belief system. Because then if they don't have the answer, it just shakes the whole faith, right? which is not, it's not fun for believers that are that hard into religion and whatnot.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, and I will also say I'm pretty positive that Satan doesn't want your fucking children
0: he probably has enough down there but also if we look at it in the way of satan you could literally just switch the two like satan and god just depending on how you tell the story Right? yeah because i mean uh it's just that's a whole other thing in itself is religion and um is god evil is god not evil like it would be the same thing every like people say everyone's the hero in their own story or Mm. whatever that also Mm. applies because I mean even in the bible his followers did a lot of shitty things so I mean yeah I don't know I do like her that is an interesting discussion to have though um if it was like a film study or analyzing it and connecting it in fun ways that are even if it's dark Straight up attacking the movie and saying, don't let your kids watch it is a whole nother thing. I grew up right. in a time when everybody was reading Harry Potter and some kids weren't allowed to read it. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that sucks. I, I didn't read Harry Potter, but it would have sucked if I wasn't allowed to, you know. Yeah. It's part of being a kid is believing in magic. And, you know, then you come to because that's where you can enjoy it the most until fucking life and reality hit you hard when you fucking become an adult. Yeah. Um. So. Well, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like the discussion of of how it's related to things that are evil and in the Bible and shit. Yeah, Speaking it of, was. It's just, I don't know. I just. <clears throat> or, you know, that there are people that believe things that hard.
1: I mean, I guess. I I can understand, like, being that – faithful to your faith, I guess, or loyal to your faith. But I don't know. It's when you're
0: avoiding things to keep the faith, that's something else.
1: Well, I don't even think she's trying to like, I I don't think that she's like, okay, this is a conversation that I'll have to explain to my kid. I literally think that she thinks it is a. Uh, what's the word she thinks it's like a a jab at her kid like she doesn't think it's a okay so there's movies like this that you know that need to be like i don't i really don't think that that's what she thinks it is like she really thinks it's somebody intentionally made these movies to hurt her child like to hurt children that are christian like or anyone that's christian
0: yeah, to start them young and be like...
1: Yeah, but that's crazy? not how that works either, so it's like... I, know.
0: I get, I get why it is annoying.
1: It's just crazy. I mean, I'm sure there are some little kids that... I don't know. I mean, to be honest, in the Trolls movie, like... Isn't the rock music supposed to be taking over? like wouldn't little kids automatically be like, "Oh, we don't like the bad guy, you know like it would be against rock music after that? like that's just what little kids do naturally. They mm-hmm. side with the good guy,
0: the yeah,
1: so I don't understand why they thought it would be like i don't I don't know,
0: <laughs> and then you grow up and you realize the good guy wasn't that great either, yeah, well i don't know people just need to be having conversations with their kids regardless of what their religion or faith is because avoiding it is just going to cause problems later i mean her kid and then she can just fall back on that i should have never let her watch that movie now she's an antichrist
1: i'm pretty sure she would do that because her mom is so fucking constricting But I mean, you never know. Some of those kids, they are afraid to go out of their comfort zone because that's all they've ever known. And if they genuinely think that God will smite them because they don't believe, then they'll never, ever, ever try to figure out... And that's
0: what's horrible about it because the guilt of a child who's barely trying to understand how life works and stuff, Mm -hmm. it's so awful because I remember even like when I was bad or whatever, I would be in tears and like praying so hard because I was like, something's going to happen to, you know, somebody I love or something as punishment. And like, that's not how you should live.
1: Yeah,
0: It's just awful. Like the guilt tripping in order to make your point stronger is not good. Yeah. um, But yeah, it's also good just good to let children be exposed to certain things so that you can explain it. But that's, like you said, it's part of being a parent and a lot of people aren't cut out to do every single part of being a parent, mm-hmm. which
1: kind of sucks. Well, I mean, uh, I'm sure it's fucking hard, but that is also why I'm not a parent because there's no way.
0: Yeah. I don't have the answer for everything. And they, and that's the thing too that parents are starting to make posts about is like, you know what? I did tell um, my kid that I didn't know. And I told her, you know, it's okay to not know no matter what age you are, but it's always good to ask and blah, blah, blah. And this one woman too on her, she made a TikTok and she was like, my daughter's eight and, or she's like seven and she was getting ready for school. And she was like, mom, can you help me get dressed? And her, the mom's first reaction was to be like, you're old enough to get dressed. And, but what she did was like, um, well, you get dressed by yourself every other day, you know, why do you need my help today? And she's like, I just need a little help today. And she saw that like, she should do it. So she did. And I thought that was so sweet. She's like, we all need a little help sometimes. It doesn't matter how old we are. So it just comes with learning how to be a parent or like, you know, she's trying to be a better Christian when she needs to learn to be a better parent. And that's all I'll say about that. Oh, I have two things branching off of onward. Um, So, branching off of Onward, I joked to you the other day that researching this topic that we're going to discuss was more difficult than usual because of how I had to carefully phrase what I was trying to find, and I said the computer doesn't like magic or something like that, and Mm -hmm. I called it a conspiracy. Um, So, what if we did have to choose? Do you prefer technology or magic, if you had to pick one? Magic. Right? Mm -hmm. Because you can just manifest anything. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, like in Onward, technology replaced magic, and then it ended up coexisting. So that's interesting. Yeah. And going off of that, my second point is, this is Gimme the Creeps, and today's topic is necromancy. Whoop, whoop. Please check yes. that out. <laughs> no, I absolutely am not. I can't only be the one that acts a fool sometimes. Oh. <laughs> fucking
1: horrendous. I really tried really
0: no. What was interesting that I didn't think about that that onward was about magic and necromancy pretty much they had to go do this whole but was ritual. it really, oh, I guess yeah was, I guess they brought kind of him way. back from the dead, that's what the dead did they me? really
1: bring him back from the dead
0: only for a day, but still it involved magic, it involved some kind of um you know process to perform the Ritual or whatever, and then he came back for a day. It wasn't to gain anything, but um, just have a day with him. So, in a way, I mean, just that part of it was necromancy, I would say, and then you know, involving the magic and stuff. But I, I mean, I never thought anything dark about it, right. They're reconnecting with their dad. It was a sweet story. Well, would you consider
1: it necromancy if you wanted, if you had, if it was proposed to you the way it was in the movie, or if they're like, you can talk to someone that has passed for a day, like, would you be like, that's fucking necromancy? Uh,
0: Well, let me define it, and I would say yes, because the son who never got to meet his dad, or doesn't remember meeting his dad, would somehow gain knowledge that he didn't know before. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, so necromancy is the practice of magic summoning and communicating with the dead with the purpose of acquiring wisdom or some other goal. Or some other want, I should say. And divination is the art or practice that seeks to foresee or foretell future events or discover hidden knowledge, usually by the interpretation of omens or by the aid of supernatural powers. So divination is usually why people want to communicate with the dead. They want to find out something that they couldn't find out from anyone else or anywhere else. Mm -hmm. They say the dead have this hidden knowledge that's unattainable, or it's for unusual insight or intuitive perception. It's important to remember that necromancy only communes with the spirits of the dead, not specifically targeting evil spirits of conjuration and demonology. Christianity rejects the idea of human's ability to raise the dead and claims that any spirit reached and that's responsive is simply a demon in disguise, further associating necromancy with demon summoning. So it's completely frowned upon. It's considered black magic or dark magic. Uh, The word necromancy is adapted from the late Latin necromancia itself, borrowed from the post-classical Greek necromantia, a compound of ancient Greek um, for dead body uh, and divination by means of. So this compound form was first used by origin of alexandria in the third century a.d and the classical greek term from the episode of the odyssey in which odysseus visits the realm of the dead souls in hellenistic greek um rendered as necromantia in latin and necromancy in the 17th century english version
1: wow
0: i <laughs> see <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and tie in another definition that I had to look up in order to apply it to this subject, and it's just the definition for ritual, which it's pretty self-explanatory, but it ties in really well. So, A ritual is defined as a religious or solemn ceremony consisting of a series of actions performed according to a prescribed order. Rituals and ceremonies are necessary for it to be considered necromancy, even though I'll talk about later how people can still kind of practice necromancy in modern times.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The, the word solemn ceremony is really important there to set the environment for what necromantic practices would be considered necromancy. What did I just say? The word solemn used there is important for the atmosphere that you tried to set during these ceremonies. It is likely that necromancy branched off of an early prehistoric shamanism where the spirits of ancestors were sought after. The dead were addressed in combinations of high-pitched squeaking and low droning, as opposed to the trance-state mutterings of shaman. Necromancy was the main form of divination in ancient Persia, according to historian Strabo, and records show its prevalence in Egypt, Babylonia, Greece, and Rome, but with the most practice coming out of Persia. Ceremonies practicing necromancy um, can be more mundane or more grotesque, but following the intention of using divination for some gains in knowledge. Magic circles, wands, talismans, incantations are sometimes included in the rituals. Things that come from the dead person that they're trying to communicate with, such as belongings or items that may symbolize death, such as unfermented grape juice may be used in these rituals. While some rituals go to the extreme of mutilating or consuming the dead. So it could even go that far rather than just using pieces without being cruel and disgusting, in my opinion. Mm Mm-hmm. Ceremonies can last any length of time from hours to weeks until the spirit is summoned. Could you imagine doing a ritual and just waiting? No. For like a response? Mm -mm. (laughs)
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, hell. Ooh. Which is so... Even after thinking that you did reach the person, I would still be iffy about who exactly is answering my call. The ceremony may also be funeral-like or performed in places of internment, where dead things are buried underground with melancholy environments. Additionally, necromancers preferred to summon the recently departed based on the premise that their revelations were spoken more clearly. This time frame was usually limited to the 12 months following the death of a, the physical body. Once this period elapsed, necromancers would evoke the deceased's ghostly spirit instead. So instead of um, the person themselves, it's just the spirit. So, mm. hmm. Interesting. Some quick mythology. As I mentioned the Odyssey a second ago, the oldest literary account is found in the Odyssey where Circe directs Odysseus to gain insight of his voyage back home from the underworld using divination. He is to raise the spirits using spells she taught him. He is to ask a specific shade, and a shade is a dead person's spirit that resides in the underworld, of Tiresias in particular. Tiresias is the blind prophet of Apollo that has clairvoyance. The way he goes about this is considered true necromancy. He uses a a fire in the night hours and performs rites he learned from Circe. The rituals call for a recipe involving the blood of animals as libation for the spirits to drink. He recites prayers to gods and spirits of the underworld. He is unable to reach the seer without help from others. So all of those things are basically a recipe for a necromancy ceremony. Interesting. Mm
1: -hmm. That reminds me of... One of the stories that I have prepared. Ooh. Are you ready for it? Yes. One of the more memorable stories of necromancy is the story of Sextus Pompeii. I'm assuming that's how you say his last name, if that even is his last name, (laughs) who in the Roman poet Lucan's epic, I don't even remember what it's called, but whoops, Mm -hmm. sought out the help of Erecto, a Thessalian witch known to be both horrifying and dangerous. Regardless of her reputation, Sextus was desperate to know the outcome of the civil war before it happened. Erecto was a serious necromancer who set up residence in a graveyard to facilitate her conversations with the dead and promised to help Sextus with his query. She said that they'd first have to get hold of a fresh corpse. In a gruesome scene, she wandered a battlefield in search of a cadaver whose neck and lungs still allowed him to speak, and when she found one, she and Sextus brought the corpse into a cave where the witch prepared the body for her ritual. So Erecto went about fixing a ghastly stew using the flesh of hyenas that had fed on the dead, the skin of snakes, the foam from the muzzles of mad dogs, and assorted foul-smelling herbs. When the vile concoction was ready, she ordered Sextus to cut a hole in the corpse of the soldier just above the heart so she could pour in the new substitute blood. Then she began to recite her incantations. Calling upon Hermes, the guide of the dead, and Charon, who ferried dead souls across the inky waters of the river Styx, she appealed to Hecate, I guess it's Hecate, Hecate, that's it, mm-hmm. and Persephone, mm-hmm. the queen of the underworld, and Chaos, the Dark Lord, whose aim was to spread destruction and discord among men. She reminded them all that she had always been their faithful disciple and that she had poured out human blood on their altars and sacrificed infants in their names. From the sky, thunder pealed, and all across the entrance to the cave, Sextus could hear wolves howling and snakes hissing. But Erecto kept her chant, and gradually Sextus could make out the spirit of the dead soldier, hovering in the dark air above its own mangled corpse. Erecto ordered the spirit to re-enter the body, but the spirit refused. She ordered it again, threatening to dispatch it straight to hell. The spirit still wouldn't do it. Then she tried a different tack. If the spirit would do her bidding, she said she promised to utterly destroy the corpse. That way, no other magicians could ever use it to perform such an awful rite again. This time, the spirit agreed, entering the corpse. The animated body then described in halted speech for Sextus the bleak civil war on the horizon and the inevitability of his own early death. Despite the bad omen from the spirit, Sextus was satisfied because above all else, he knew his fate. Yes. And that is how that works, according to this poet yeah. though mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: everybody wants to know their fate would you want to know mm-hmm. your fate? yes and no same i
1: okay. wouldn't be able to handle the truth probably
0: yeah oh yeah no i would be a f- i'd be living in fear mm-hmm. if it was something bad um according to britannica.com like the encyclopedia necromancy practitioners were skilled magicians who used a consecrated circle in some desolate spot, often a graveyard, to protect themselves from the anger of the spirits of the dead. So this protection is important just in case they are angry for being awoken from their slumber. That is, if we even go into discussing what the afterlife Mm -hmm. even entails, so... It just depends, but it's out of protection. And in the event of a premature or violent death, the corpse was thought to retain some measure of unused vitality. So that might be from where the protection is yeah. important. So the use of parts of corpses as ingredients of charms came to be important technique of witchcraft. Necromancy was especially popular in the Middle Ages and Renaissance, and its temptations and perils were vividly described in the Faust stories of Christopher Marlowe and John Wolfgang von go apparently greeks and romans thought that only individual shades knew certain things so they'd probably have to go to different shades to find out specific things instead of just one shade Mm -hmm. knowing all the apparent value of their counsel may have been a result of things they had known in life or of knowledge they acquired after death ovid writes of a marketplace in the underworld where the dead could exchange news. Um, And Ovid wrote Metamorphosis. He was an early writer. And Norse mythology, that's where Mm -hmm. Odin comes from, I think, contains examples of necromancy, such as the scene in Vulspa, in which Odin summons a seeress from the dead to tell him of the future. There was another piece of writing that said that the romans were said to have attempted necromancy in order to have a larger army using undead people Mm -hmm. essentially to beat the other army so that's interesting the goal is either to know to find out knowledge that they would otherwise be unable to find out or to complete a task that would otherwise be impossible without the help of the dead so having a larger army would definitely be another use for that there was something else but i can't find it one moment (laughs) there's way too much on the history of necromancy so just so y'all know we tried to cut it to straight to the point information that we could as much as we could biblical part of it the hebrew bible old testament outlaw the occult practices Leviticus twenty twenty seven even dictates the death penalty for a practitioner, a man or a woman who is a medium or a necromancer shall surely be put to death. They shall be stoned with stones. Their blood shall be upon them. Acts 19, 19 of the New Testament records that people burned their books on sorcery after they were converted to Jesus Christ. Christians in the Middle Ages as well as today see necromancy bringing out demons in disguise as the spirits the practitioners are trying to reach the occult is the opposing view of the teachings of Christianity therefore the bible says that the dead can no longer communicate with the living and that satan and his demons are desperate to reach christians and will sway them to believe other beliefs than christianity
1: well on that note i have a story from the bible for you
0: oh good this
1: is the story of lazarus of Bethany. I'm assuming it's Bethany. <laughs> According to John 11, 1 through 44, Jesus receives a message that Lazarus is ill and his two sisters are seeking Jesus's help. Jesus tells his followers, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Jesus then delays his departure and leaves after two days. The disciples are afraid to Of returning to Judea. But Jesus says, Our friend Lazarus is asleep, but I am going to awaken him. When the apostles misunderstand, he clarifies, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. When they arrive in Bethany, I really don't think that's how you say it, but that's how I'm
0: saying it. Well, what is it?
1: But that's what it looks like, so that's what I'm saying. Um, Lazarus has been entombed for four days before they enter the town. Martha, Lazarus's sister, comes to me, Jesus, and says to him, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus assures Martha oh. that her brother will rise again and states, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? No. <laughs> I'm just joking. Martha affirms that she does truly believe and states, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has to come into the world. Upon entering the village, Jesus is met by Mary and the people who have come to console her. Upon seeing their grief and weeping, Jesus is deeply moved. Then, after asking where Lazarus was buried, Jesus weeps. After that, Jesus asks for the stone of the tomb to be removed, but Martha interjects that there will be a smell. You're damn right there will be a smell. (laughs) This whole thing smells fucking fishy. Jesus responds, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? That, That part fucking makes me laugh.
0: it makes me laugh
1: he's like did i not fucking tell you like just fucking have a little bit of faith all right
0: there we go and she's just like okay
1: (laughs) 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 they take the stone away and then jesus looks up and says father i thank you that you have heard me I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me.
0: <laughs> it's just talking it to is the sky. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I knew that you could show them that I had these fucking powers. And then he turns.
0: Ew, he's all alpha. He's
1: all frat boy.
0: I know he's wearing a freaking sleeveless shirt when he comes down. It's his gym shorts. <laughs> I picture him as
1: like Merlin and um <laughs> Merlin and the Sword in <laughs> the Stone whenever he like comes riding in from Bermuda. Do you remember that?
0: Damn it. I he's wearing know. like a no.
1: fucking Hawaiian no. shirt and shorts, and he's got this long ass beard.
0: he has got sunglasses on. He's a modern
1: dude. Oh, my God. When he said this, he then called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus came out of the tomb alive. His hands and feet were wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus says to the bystanders, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Lazarus is mentioned again in chapter 12 of the Gospel of John, six days before the Passover, on which Jesus is crucified. Jesus returns to where he was, where Lazarus and his sister are, and um, a bunch of people come and they meet with them or whatever, and it's a big old fucking party, basically. Um, but because they've attracted so many people, the Jews and the chief priests. Consider having Lazarus put to death because so many people have come to believe in Jesus on account of his, of him coming back to
0: life. Yeah.
1: But that's where, like, this is also, like, uh, in the Bible, it talks about all this shit being, like, witchcraft and shit, but Jesus did it. So mm-hmm. I don't understand. I mean, he
0: technically... If you think about it...
1: He technically yeah. didn't, like, raise the dead to ask questions and, like, have knowledge, but... He brought someone back from the
0: dead. Yeah, which is not allowed. Yeah. No, no. But if we think about it, as Jesus wasn't human, then does it count? He was always an entity. He just had a human vessel. That he Hell no,
1: it dead. don't count. That still makes he that shit witchcraft.
0: Of, but they didn't do any ceremonials. You don't have he to. He was killed. He was killed for our sins, Daniela. Okay. People are gonna think I'm a Christian. I better stop. And be like, "How are these two people friends?" And She's over here laughing about. We were
1: Catholic. So know? we both were Catholic at one point.
0: We were. We were raised Catholic.
1: There we are. Guys. There it is. I was never actually Catholic. I never once was like.
0: Did you do your sacrament? No, I
1: didn't. I did get. I got baptized, baptized. and I did do my first communion. But
0: you we were like it burns. <laughs> I didn't actually. <laughs>
1: I mean, I was a child. I did what I was supposed to do, but I never actually was like, I never was like how you were um, really into it and shit.
0: How was I? You're really into You're it. Into... I was never
1: really into it.
0: It was a short, a very short period of time that I was trying to um, go to church. Like, it was at the point where I was going without my parents. Yeah, I never. never. Um, and here we are. We're discussing the resurrection of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, which Daniela considers necromantic practices. I'm
1: sure there's, I mean, I've read several things where people are like, This is why it's not that. And okay, congratulations, but still, something mm-hmm. that should not have technically happened by nature happened. So
0: then they, and that's the only time when they can say, But it was planned the whole time. How do you know? But okay,
1: why can't everything else be? I mean, it's considered planned the whole time anyways, right? Everything that happens is Jesus's
0: plan. So what the fuck? Yeah, dude. Yes. Crunch. Jesus yeah. Christ. Um Okay. What else? Oh, okay. So, there's the Bible. And then there's the Necronomicon.
1: Ooh, bring it, girl, bring it.
0: First of all, a lot of us jump to the image of the Necronomicon or Book of the Dead on the table in the basement of Evil Dead, Evil Dead Mm -hmm. cabin. And uh, it's made out of, like, human skin and stuff. It's so evil looking. And um, the fast zooming in on the house and shit that happens and the wind is blowing because it's so evil. (laughs) Okay, so the Necronomicon actually is a fictional book of arcane and forbidden knowledge, an encyclopedia of all things H.P. Lovecraft's universe um, that he created. It contains the account of the Old Ones, which are deities mentioned in his other writings, and their history and how to summon them. In his stories, it's mentioned to have been written by Abdul al zared the Mad Arab, as he titles his, his uh, character. I guess we could call him a character. He's a fictional person who apparently wrote the first Necronomicon. He said that the idea of it came to him in his dreams, and it's translated to mean an image of the law of the dead. It seems that his ideas were inspired by Robert W. Chambers' collection of short stories called The Kings in Yellow, or even work by Nathaniel Hawthorne. This is all, like, gothic-style writing. Um, discussing these kinds of ideas and morals and romanticizing these, these kinds Mm -hmm. of themes. In 1927, Lovecraft wrote the history of the Necronomicon, which wasn't published until after his death in 1938. The book was originally called Al-Azif referring to Arabic origins. And it means the, it's, it literally translates to that nocturnal sound supposed to be the howling of demons. Mm Mm-hmm Um, so that's interesting. And it's, it might not even be a direct translation. He literally made all of these things up, um, to fit into his universe. So that's what it says. And, um, it gives the book a dark tone. It tells the book is written by al like I mentioned, who stumbled about the nameless city, another short story written by Lovecraft. So he connects all of these things really Mm -hmm. well. He worshiped Cthulhu and Yog sothoth and lived in Damascus, which is now Syria. Disappearing in seven hundred thirty eight. The book was said to go from philosopher to philosopher blah. The book The book was said to go from philosopher to philosopher until it was translated into Greek by Theodorus Philetus in nineteen or in nine fifty and given the name the Necronomicon. This version was said to cause negative influence. In ten fifty it was burned by the Patriarch of Constantinople because it made individuals perform acts that were too terrible to mention. The book was kept secret after the, that point to prevent people from learning the extent of the efforts by some to keep it hidden. In 1228, it was translated by a Danish scholar from Greek to Latin by Olius Wormius, and this version was banned by the Pope, but resurfaced in European countries up until the 17th century. Lovecraft stated that five institutions held a copy of the Necronomicon, British History Museum in London, Biblioteca Nationale de France, University of Buenos say it?
1: Oh uh, Buenos, Aires. Buenos Aires.
0: Yep, in Argentina and the Harvard University Library in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And the last book, which there are two versions of apparently that this location is supposedly in possession of, which are made up locations, the Arca- Arkham. Arkham town which is a fictional town situated in Massachusetts and it is a dark city and an integral part of the Lovecraft country setting created by Lovecraft himself. It is featured in many of his stories and those of other Cthulhu mythos writers. The book kills anyone who reads it. So that's a big 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 thing. It stayed fairly mysterious in his writings because he did not describe it in full detail. So he just mentioned it here and there to make it like a real thing and bring it into existence. Mm-hmm. And so that mystery is what adds to the horror of it. There are those who claim that it's real stating that the Va- the Vatican had a coffee, a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> there are those who claim it's real stating that the Vatican had a copy. Lovecraft confirmed that it is a work of fiction. So that's a bummer. In 1970, a Sumerian mythology-inspired version of the book was published under the pseudonym Simon and sold over 8,000 copies as of 2006. It claims itself that it is the most dangerous book in the Western world. Okay. It has powers. Powers. Ooh. Mm -hmm. So, without even the Necronomicon, people still talk about necromancy all the time, and it's it's said to be used. I had to Google a lot of these things. Alchemy is a, apparently a sister branch of what um, necromancy is, but that's a whole nother thing. And the modern practice isn't always practiced in isolation. One present-day spirituality that incorporates necromancy is channeling, which refers to the use of mediums people who believe to have a gift who are believed to have a gift of communicating with the dead séances are another form of attempting to communicate with the dead and it involves a group of people sitting in a circle holding hands and summoning a deceased person and oftentimes psychics practice a form of necromancy as well so it ends up being that any kind of communication or attempt to communicate with the dead is a form of necromancy and so i asked daniela before we started recording if using the ouija board is a form of it because a lot of times I know myself personally and people who I've used the Ouija board with have asked like, what's going to happen or bring us a fortune teller spirit or a clairvoyant spirit come forward. And we want to know, like, are we going to get married soon or things like that? Just, you know, future knowledge, knowledge of the future. Um, so I guess even that is, and you mentioned, explain to them why you'd you say the use of a Ouija board is a form of necromancy ceremonially. I mean,
1: I guess if it's what
0: you tell me was really if good. it's
1: just like a regular Joe, just using it, I guess even then, though, it would be like you set up, I'm sure you want to like give a tone of what you're doing. So, like, you put candles and you turn the lights off and shit, and doing all of that would be considered a ritual. Like, you're preparing the area, you're doing what you have to do, mm-hmm. you're getting in the zone. I would consider that a ritual just based on that.
0: Yeah, you can find out how to properly. There's a proper way to do it, a process to it. And um, you can find it online. No mirrors, no artificial light, just candles. Uh, I had to take my glasses off because they were too reflective and, uh, and we had more activity, you know. I'm going to put quote unquote activity because it's just fun. So, of course, I want it to be real when I hear a knock at the door behind me while we're asking Mm -hmm. questions, which really happened. And then another separate time, um, we turned on all the lights it was over with. We said goodbye, which is another thing you have to say hello and goodbye and never leave the damn it. What's it called? Planchette, never leave it on the board without your hands on it. Things like that. But one time we turned the lights back on after we said goodbye and a cabinet was open. And I was like, did you guys leave that cabinet open? Mm-hmm. They were like, no, why? We haven't cooked or anything today. So no. And I was like, look, and it was open. So I was like, "Oops." Oh, no.
1: The first time you told that story, me and your mom were like looking around because we were in y'all's kitchen. And she was just like.
0: Dude. And another time the craziest storm came through and it was and i remember this time specifically because it was a time when i actually got a little smack on the mm-hmm. hand for saying use my energy to come forward i need activity from you and they were like oh no 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 you don't need to be telling them to take your energy from you because that's pretty much inviting them into you and I was like, oh, shit. And then that night after we said goodbye and everything, it was all fine and dandy. And on the way home, the biggest storm was happening. And I, my car was like swaying from side to side <laughs> so dramatically that I was terrified. And it was when I still was driving my little white car. And the water was just – I could not see the road. It was between getting from Georgetown to Leander. And it was through, through a side – I didn't go through Round Rock, actually. I went through like a side road that I always took. And it was so – hard to see and it was so windy and my car swaying everywhere and I was like, Oh my god, I'm sorry. (laughs) I didn't mean to like make all this happen. And so yeah, it was just a bizarre evening. So I believe in that stuff. You gotta follow the rules and be careful because the dead are very powerful. And like, you know, Christian beliefs are that demons can sneak up on you whenever you're reaching out because they're so desperate to reach anything and manipulate it for their gains. So that could be a thing
1: oh that's fucking scary and i don't fuck with any of that Mm-mm.
0: right Ooh, and then i had to like look up what a seance was and it reminded me of beetlejuice <laughs> where they are trying to communicate with them and they have a seance and then they realize what they're doing and they're like oh no this is not good we feel bad about this I tried to say that pet cemetery had to do with necromancy, but apparently it has more to do with the Native American part yeah. of it, even though it still brings back but you know what it doesn't bring back the dead in the original form they yeah. died in. It's an evil version yeah. of it, and apparently it's more related to the Windigo than mm-hmm. magic, which I did not know that
1: it's very interesting stuff when you're dealing with the dead.
0: I think it's all so fascinating. Ooh, and I found out that there are forms of necromancy or the dead coming to life in versions of Disney movies and stuff like Fantasia, and the Horned King animates his undead army in the black clothing. Oh, yes, yes. So I was like, that's dark.
1: Speaking of children.
0: Oh, yes, go on. I
1: have a really sad story. Tell me. So this happened this past December. So this is a story of Olive Hilagenthal. So on December 14th, 2019, Kaylee, it's either Callie or Kaylee, but um, okay. So on December 14th, 2019, Callie Hilagenthal and her husband, Andrew, called 911 and they realized their daughter, Olive, wasn't breathing. First responders arrived and tried to revive Olive at her home and at the hospital, but she was sadly pronounced dead. That evening, Callie asked the church community she and her family belonged to in Redding, California, called Bethel Church, to pray that her daughter would come back to life just as Christians believe people were raised from the dead by Jesus Christ. We are asking for bold, united prayers from the global church to stand with us and believe that he will raise this little girl back to life, Callie wrote on Instagram, alongside a photo of Olive running through a pile of leaves. Her time here is not done, and it is our time to believe boldly and with confidence wielding that King Jesus paid for. Callie shared photos of her daughter daily with messages thanking people for their support and continuing to call for Olive to come back to life. Bethel Church said that it had been hosting prayer and worship gatherings at the continued request of the family. Bethel is non-denominational, but it began as part of the Pentecostal denomination Assemblies of God. The church said its congregants believe in the miracle of resurrection which is modeled by Jesus in the New Testament of the Bible. Bethel Church believes in the accounts of healing and physical resurrection found in the Bible, Matthew 10, 8, and that the miracles they portray are possible today, said the church statement. Bill Johnson, a senior leader of the church, said in a video that there was a biblical precedent for believing in resurrection. In addition to Jesus raising the dead, Johnson said that Jesus commanded his disciples to do the same. The reason Jesus raised raised the dead is because not everyone dies in God's timing, and Jesus could tell, Johnson said. And he would interrupt that funeral. He would interrupt that process, and some would just call the sovereignty of God. And thousands of Instagram posts shared with the hashtag, wakeupolive, people expressed empathy for the halogenthals. By December 21st, the Hyla Gentle family were transitioning to a memorial service to celebrate Olive's life. Bethel Church posted on Facebook, Here's where we are. Olive hasn't been raised. The breakthrough we have sought hasn't come. So a GoFundMe page was set up for the family that was intended to cover unknown expenses and any future expenses for Olive had she come back to life. According to the church statement, as of today... It's still active. You're still able to donate. The donations are now to pay for funeral costs and family living expenses. Their goal is ten thousand. Oh shit! Their goal is one hundred thousand dollars. So far, they have seventy seven thousand three hundred sixty nine dollars raised. Wow!
0: What year again?
1: That was last year, December
0: when it started. Oh my gosh! People believe yep. that hard? Well, the way I interpreted the resurrection of Christ was when he returns again, he will raise the dead. Not just any time you ask Jesus, raise our dead child, he will do it kind of thing. That's sad, though. I... If, they really, if they really believe that, that's very sad that they... Because they're not going to be able to move on from this, but also, well, are they they're milking it? Like really,
1: no, they're like in really deep High spirits about it. They also like post on Facebook and shit. And the mom is like enveloped in God's love, so she's not like traumatized no. by what happened. Like that might she, be. This
0: might be the form of her trauma coming through in this form. Though. I mean, yeah,
1: clearly something happened. Like something, something's going on here. But mm-hmm. it was just really sad that. Really sad. Uh, It just like broke my heart. Not that she didn't come back, but that they were like, that that was how, that was what they wanted to do. Like that that was their, I mean, I'm sure everybody wants their, whoever's dying that they love to come back to life. But it's just, it's heartbreaking when anyone talks about that. Like whenever anybody says that. Mm -hmm. So I can. Like, for it to be, like, this huge movement, it's just fucking nuts.
0: Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Well, I don't know. If that was only a few months ago, well, we're not going by magic standards. We're going by biblical standards here, but she has until this coming December for it to work, or else she'll just receive the spirit of her daughter.
1: I'm sure she's not going to come back out of the... Being filled with chloroform or whatever formaldehyde.
0: Damn. Well, let's hope they find peace in some form of what they're doing.
1: Yeah, they just have like I mean, they were already pretty immersed in the church, so I think it's even more now. But I think they have other kids. I can't remember what I was looking at on Inst- on their Instagram, but mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: Damn. Well, mm. to turn it back around to a fictional form of, or maybe not form of, necromancy, I a lot of lists that I looked up consider Dr. Victor Frankenstein to have practiced a version of necromancy. However, he uses his scientific knowledge to create something completely new from dead parts. So I don't see it as necromancy. I see it as science and electricity making a new creation and not bringing back someone who was dead. Um, But if he Mm -hmm. had used an entirely new person, could it be considered necromancy? Because it's not necessarily a ceremonial thing. Mm -hmm.
1: I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, if he brought somebody back,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I don't, think so. I don't really know how. I feel like the séances and like the mediums and stuff that could be considered necromancy because basically just communicating with the dead is what that is what that is, you know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. but like bringing a person back to life I don't know that would be considered. That's why like it was mm-hmm. so hard yeah. to find all of these or actual like necromancy stories because
0: it's so controversial there's
1: not yeah and there's not really any like I and another thing was like Jeremy was like look up like murders that have dealt with the occult maybe you'll find one that has necromancy but anytime a murder like a true life murder has happened Mm -hmm. and it has to do with the occult they never go into detail of what that form of occult was because that isn't because that's not the whole point of the murder you Mm -hmm. know what I mean so they don't go into detail so I couldn't honestly tell you if there really was any that
0: yeah I feel and I feel like should a witch try to perform a form of necromancy they would never say it outside of their circle because of the bad rap that witchcraft already has and the evil tones that necromancy itself carries i mean do you think necromancy if it were real and true and known to work do you think it would be bad to use at any time it seems kind of dangerous and like selfish but then it's like but how it just depends if it's like not a pet cemetery kind of thing happening then i don't see how well Having access to unlimited knowledge might be scary, depending in whose right. hands it has. I went on Reddit and there was someone who asked the question, is necromancy inherently evil? And some people say yes, because the definition of necromancy is to gain some sort of impossibly difficult knowledge that is usually gained or whatever, or, mm-hmm. or for their own means to build more people for their side of whatever's happening. So mm-hmm. just that selfishness of it is giving it an evil. Oh, Someone else said that <clears throat> no, no magic is evil. Magic is just a tool. However, it may be taboo or frowned upon or lo- unlawful. You are perverting the natural cycle of life, even if for a good cause. How willing people are to accept that or to accept someone who's returned from the dead depends on society's view. Hmm. Um. And with that, I say, what about Bride of Chucky?
1: Okay. Um.
0: We talked that about the, makes sense. We talked about the ties of Greek and Roman and uh, Egyptian uh, necromancy and stuff, but the French and the Voodoo part of it with resurrecting the dead is a whole different thing. Um, But I did think about it because um, the transfer of his soul into a doll is not necromancy or can't be considered it. But when um, Tiffany brings back Charles, Mm -hmm. that seems to me like necromancy, even if it is a different form of it through um, voodoo.
1: Speaking of voodoo. (gasps) Tell me. Have you heard of the zombies of Haiti?
0: no tell me
1: so this it goes a little off but so i'm just gonna like paraphrase at the end but um the zombies of haiti were said to be corpses that were reanimated through black magic by powerful voodoo priests or shamans known as balker i think it's balker um for various purposes, but most commonly for manual labor, it was said that zombies would routinely em- were routinely employed to do slave labor on farms and sugarcane plantations. In the voodoo religion, which is said to be practiced or believed by eighty to ninety percent of Haitians, it is said that there are two ways a person can die, either by natural means such as sickness or by unnatural means such as murder. Mm-hmm. Those who died unnatural deaths were said to have souls that were particularly vulnerable to the witchcraft of voodoo sorcerers who would entrap the souls in bottles or her and wear jars called, uh, called zombie astral and use them to control the undead body, which was referred to as, as the zombie cadaver. It's not spelled the same, so it might be wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bowker could use these reanimated corpses to do their bidding, either for benevolent purposes or for more nefarious things, such as toiling mindlessly in slave labor, attacking enemies, or carrying out da- dark magic and curses. Mm. Sometimes a person was turned into a zombie merely as punishment or as retribution for crossing a Bowker. On occasion, Bowkers would sell their zombie creations to other priests. Zombies can also allegedly be made from those who are still living. If the Barker is powerful enough to, powerful enough to wrest the victim's soul from their body. The process of turning a living person into a zombie is said to follow certain steps. First, the Barker will place a hex on the target of the ritual who will subsequently suddenly fall mysteriously ill and die soon after. The family of the victim will pronounce them dead and have them buried in an above-ground or semi-buried family tomb, which is a common method of burial in Haiti. The responsible Barker will then steal the body from its grave a few days later and set about reanimating reanimating it through dark sorcery. Those who are turned into zombies are described as having gaunt features and skin with a grayish pallor that is pulled tight against their bones. They have fixed staring expressions and their movements and actions are characterized as being repetitive, clumsy, and purposeless. They are slow, uncoordinated, and walk with an unsteady, shambling gait. Zombies are able to speak, but only very basic phrases, and their speech is slurred with a nasal quality. Zombies also hear and understand basic commands, but their comprehension is limited and they lack free will, mostly being considered to be mindless automations. Zombies are sometimes said to exhibit enhanced physical strength, making them ideal for hard manual labor, And they display little to no responsiveness to physical stimuli, seeming to be impervious to pain or tiredness. It is said that the victim remains in a sort of dreamlike trance with little or no awareness of their condition. Unlike the rampaging, bloodthirsty zombies of Western horror films, the real zombies of Haiti are submissive and not known to be aggressive or to attack people unless commanded to do so by their master. Whoa. Yeah, and they, uh, those who are turned into such abominations are mostly considered to be doomed to forever serve their masters. But they are said to be there are said to be ways to break a Barker's control over them. It is said that if the zombie astral vessel that holds the victim's soul is somehow broken, or if the offending Barker dies, then they will regain their free will and be free to rejoin their families. It is also said that feeding a zombie salt can sometimes reverse the effect of the curse, especially if the Barker himself is the one who does it. Additionally, if a zombie sees the ocean, it is said that they can shake loose of the Barker's control over them, and a zombie can set free through divine intervention as well. Zombies freed in such ways unfortunately remain physically the same, and their mental state is still diminished and vulnerable to recapture. The only way to fully revert a person back to the health and vigor that they enjoyed before their death is said to be through the mercy and divine intervention of a voodoo god called Le Grand Maitre, Mm. I guess. That's in French, so I don't know. Haitian French. Mm -hmm. There was like a whole other extension of like what could possibly be the reason why they're zombies, but I didn't really want to yeah, go into it because it's there's just so much that goes yeah. along with it, but I thought the story was interesting anyways.
0: Wow, I didn't know about that. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. Louisiana Voodoo and Haitian Voodoo is a whole – yeah, like you said, it's a lot of other – they have their own – deities and stuff and Mm -hmm. different ones that they pray to or do rituals or um ceremonies for specific things for um so on child's play dembala is actually not completely made up dembala is one of the most important of all the loa Spirits in Haitian Voodoo or Louisiana Voodoo traditions, Damballa is mm-hmm. believed to be the sky father and the primordial creator of all life. He rules the mind, intellect and cosmic equilibrium. Um Ade due Damballa. That whole thing gave me the power I beg of you. Um he's literally that's how he's transferring his consciousness into or trying to into a human. Um, I just thought that was interesting because, I mean, when at first glance, the whole thing is, it looks all completely made up, but they used actual spell oriented things in the movies. Yeah. So I like that. That's cool.
1: In Coven, they used a real deity too.
0: <gasps> what was it called?
1: Papa Legba?
0: Oh, yes. He's oh, real. My goodness. Yes. Um, yeah, I. Earl well, is a do... real deity. Oh, actually I have a, another morality question. Now that we're discussing this, so say that you do perform a um a ceremony and you practice necromancy. When you bring them back and it's someone that you fucked whenever they were alive, would you fuck what? them? Would you fuck them when you brought them back?
1: Absolutely not.
0: What if it's literally like they they passed away last night and like the funeral was that day and they're still in tip top shape? If
1: they're still in tip top shape, maybe.
0: (laughs) Even though they technically are the undead.
1: Here's how I'd want it to happen I would want them, I'd want us to like get all, you know, intimate and shit. And as we're like.
0: Are you going to kill them again?
1: Oh, as we're boning, I want them to tell me all the knowledge of the universe. Oh my god!
0: That's Ew, exciting. is that your your that's your kink? Your turn on is?
1: Ooh, that would be super exciting. Like, like, like I mean, it was like really getting down. I would not be able, able to focus. They're telling me the the secrets of the universe. Actually, it would probably be a buzzkill because Ooh. I would be like, excuse me. Yeah, what?
0: I literally just fucking thought of the worst question to ask: Who killed John Bonet? It wouldn't have to be happening I would during want that. You know. Yeah, but not during sex, Jesus Christ. Okay,
1: I'd ask that while we're like putting our clothes back on or something.
0: Uh yeah, they're like <laughs> they're getting ready to leave like it's a normal fucking dick appointment. Yeah. And then you're like, by the way, wait, I have one more question. Who killed John Bonet?
1: I'd be like, hey, so as I'm like tying my hair back up, hey, so uh who killed John Bonet?"
0: Seriously though, anything you I wanna know?
1: The time a- cuts like Cinderella turns back into a pumpkin and shit. Right, she drops to the floor. Me. You're
0: like, wow. Time gonna clean that. up this mess? Never know. Ugh. <laughs> so you would. I would. What's well, the? Uh, it,
1: it was in pristine condition still.
0: What's the the level of decay that you would say it's a no go? You
1: know, ab- any any <laughs> level of decay, no. Nope. <laughs> I'd have I have to look do.
0: at I'd have to look up what a times like um time scale or whatever. What is it called? A time, time a time lapse. I'd have to look at a specific time lapse of that to see. Or you could just close your eyes and pretend it's fine.
1: Ew, absolutely not. If you could smell it, no thank you.
0: There's a super fucked up movie called um The Girl. Have you heard of it? That sounds
1: really familiar. Who's in Dude. it?
0: Dude nobody that anyone knows it's an indie it was literally one of those sundance films that was like so fucked up that they never showed it anywhere other than like sundance or ifc it is a movie let me see if that's really what it's called before i start telling you about it so that (laughs) oh or it's called dead girl i think it's called dead girl yes dude you need to see this movie called dead girl it's a 2008 american black comedy horror film
1: is this where they find uh, the girl yes. in the cave?
0: Oh, okay, yeah. my God. They find her. It's awful. And it has so many. They really weird. do shit to her. Yeah, they go and, like, fuck her and mess around with her. But then it becomes more violent. And then she's obviously starting to be conscious in some way, like, realizing that she doesn't want that, even though she's a female zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, And one of them wants to keep her as a sex slave and the other one. Uh, doesn't want that and he says it's wrong so they have a conflict over that. But yeah, I saw it whenever I was like younger and I was like, oh my god, this is insane.
1: Um, Yeah, I remember that. It was on Netflix for a while.
0: Was it? Netflix used to be so much cooler.
1: That was a long time ago.
0: Netflix had movies like Dogtooth, which I think it came back on there recently, but like super fucked up movies that make you ask questions that you wouldn't think about like in your normal day-to-day. What else? Oh, the woman is kind of similar to that, where this feral woman is captured by this suburbanite, like, clean cut looking family, and they just keep her in their shed and abuse her however they want. It's awful. And then she gets free and she fucks them all up. So she gets her revenge.
1: Oh, I spit on your grave.
0: Kind of like that, but she's feral. Like, she doesn't understand what's going on. So it's like so awful. But anyways, tell me what you're going to say.
1: What was I gonna say? was a list
0: super fucked up movies we've seen.
1: Uh, contracted. That's yes. what I thought
0: of. Yes, I am so glad you brought that up. I recently was talking to someone about that the other day because that is a whole new way that. I mean, I didn't see it becoming a zombie movie until way later into the film.
1: Word. When she's like
0: decaying from the inside out, and you're watching it, and you're like, "Oh, maggots God,
1: are falling out." Oh, um, I made Jeremy watch it, and he was like, "What the dude?" Fuck? I you know
0: make- Hunter has such a like weak stomach when it comes to body horror like that, and it, <laughs> I didn't realize that until we watched that. I've seen that movie like eight times, and I can just appreciate it more and more mm-hmm. every time. 'Cause of the originality of it, dude. Like that's so realistic. Like an S T D that fucks you up like that and you're just panicking the whole time. You don't know how to tell anybody what's going on. She goes to the doctor and they're like, Um, you have like no pulse pretty much, you're cold, you're rotting, and oh, her teeth fall out. I cannot. It was amazing. Everything
1: just falls apart. He's yeah, fucking it was her and deep. it's
0: just all gushy and falling the all over the are place. Out. <gasps> yeah. Oh
1: my god. I can- mm-mm That um, shit was disgusting. The second yeah. one is disgusting too.
0: It is. It is. I have to mm-hmm. rewatch them both now. I love rewatching stuff that I that hit me uh, like hard to begin with because i all yeah. like almost always love it even more the next time I watch it. But um yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a very cool way to bring up a zombie apocalypse without it being the same old same old. Yeah. In her mom's like, honey, and she just attacks the shit out of her. Dude, yeah. She's like, you're overbearing Mm. as fuck, mom.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and then she – oh, God. Am I the only one who Um, cried over
0: the orchids, though? She was, like, trying to keep her life together. Oh, and they
1: died. I remember that.
0: (sighs) And she's like – she looks disgusting, and she's still trying to be in that stupid competition just to add to the freaking – I can't to the anxiety of the film, anyways. Yeah,
1: you would cry over that.
0: I wanted to because I was so frustrated. I was like, that sucks. Like, she can't have anything. Her job got all fucked up. Her ex girlfriend's a fucking cunt, and Mm. just everything. But, anyways, we agree that we would fuck the, but it doesn't count as necrophilia, I don't think, because they're not laying there dead. Like, is this too much? I, I
1: mean, they're still, like, if they're actively participating.
0: There you with go. With consent. That's what I'm saying. Like, do they have consent? Because they're they're humans, but they're- I mean, I could human.
1: bring them back from the dead, but I'd be like, you want a bone? And they'd be like, okay. Depending. I mean, why not? I just got brought back from the dead.
0: So, okay. So we agree we would not fuck a Haitian zombie because they are completely mindless-
1: Oh, yeah, I wouldn't do that. Okay, Especially so yeah, all just,
0: the we have roles. yeah. We have rolls. Yeah, we have rolls for. Um, oh, shit. I just gave myself a paper cut. No. Use uh, oh,
1: the your blood as
0: libation for the dead, for the spirits.
1: Stop it. <laughs> I feel like that's the beginning of a horror movie. Whee.
0: You accidentally get a paper cut and it drips onto a random old book in the library. <laughs> Let's write a, let's write, you're a librarian, you cut your finger and it drips on some <laughs> random book that's at the bottom shelf that you n- never look at and then the movie just starts.
1: What movie? Oh, it's, it's Queen of the Damned where he's like, a little librarian. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh.
1: It's just the way he says it, librarian.
0: Have you seen Repo?
1: No, the uh, whatever opera. Fuck yes. no!
0: I stopped watching it, but the uh, I can appreciate what they were what they were doing. It's just not my thing. But yeah, the way that everything's dramatic in Queen of the Damned. I only recently saw that movie last year for the I, first time. I love that movie! It was pretty cool. I like the the music and stuff. And I, I can't can, believe and... that was Aaliyah. Oh my god!
1: Yeah, dude, when that That's movie when first came out. It was, like, the hottest thing under the sun. Like, that was,
0: like, the crossover of the decade or something. And that was, princess. like, one of
1: my sexual awakenings. I'm pretty yeah. sure it was, like,
0: fine. I'm into this. You were, like, she's hot. He's hot. Let's do this.
1: Yeah, I was very – I was, like, holy shit. I can't believe I'm watching this movie right now.
0: <laughs> and then the Hold deaf on tones on. did not help in the tone, Oh, girl.
1: And that is what, like, helped it along. I already knew who they were, but that it wasn't in. oh, I was 12. Yeah, that was definitely right at the peak, right there. I already knew who the Deftones were because of my cousin, but that they played in everything, like, all the music Mm -hmm. and, like, it just – everything was just speaking to Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely – and now I watch it and I'm like, God, this shit is so cheesy.
0: (laughs) Sexual awakening – Or the awakening of the dead. Because the vampires are literally undead, right? Like, they aren't living. Yeah. Yeah, these are, like, stereotypical
1: vampires that, like, can't be in the sun.
0: So that's technically necromancy also. And the whole undoing of the necromancy was the way that it ended, right? They were trying to send her back.
1: Yeah, and they sure as fuck did. But they had to, like, yeah, they had to, like, suck all of her blood out. So yeah, that makes sense. Like her blood was the only thing that was keeping her I mean, that's anybody really, I guess, but
0: go <laughs> about it a certain way. Cause she was undead, so I mean Yeah, I I guess every You're it applies wondering. to everyone. keeping are alive.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> why, is, why is that so funny to you?
1: Because I was like trying to be like the only thing that was keeping her alive was her blood. But that's literally every human being.
0: You're right. We could bleed to death at any moment. <laughs> yeah. That, like Remember that paper cut up? Hello. Weird how things are dying together. Did you feel weird just now? No. <laughs> Am I high? No. I feel like
1: we've awoken something because I feel a lot more chipper. When you started talking (laughs) about having sex with a corpse, I was like, hello. You perked
0: up your little primal. (laughs) You asked
1: that question and I literally was like, what?
0: (laughs) Everybody else perks up. They're like, we don't want to know history of Bullshit. Yeah,
1: I'm pretty sure they didn't want to know any of the shit that we've been talking about. But here we are, oh necrophilia listening.
0: is the next topic.
1: No, no it's not because that is scary. We'll have plenty of stories of real life stories. Also, I wanted to make a point that when I was talking about, um, looking at the necromancy shit, I'm whenever I was talking about how Wikipedia, like the murders and shit. Mm-hmm. The only reason I was looking at murders is because Jeremy was like, the only way you're going to hear about a true necromancy story and like real life is if they've gotten caught. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. if anything, it is going to have like some sort of drama that has to do with like either an actual murder or like they were caught – Digging up a grave or yeah, something.
0: we could have looked up grave robbing, and then they discover why they were grave robbing.
1: Well, even then, I did, and they don't yeah. say romancy. They like say a I, cult I wanted money.
0: It. I wanted money, so I was getting. Yeah, it's
1: me. something stupid. It's sh- they don't go into detail, yeah. so I'm like, oh, so "This taboo. is I can't.
0: It's so taboo. Yeah. T- yeah. That's why
1: nobody wants to upset other people, and it's like. I want to fucking know what the fuck happened.
0: Me too. I don't want to have to do it in order to find out. Spooky. Yeah. Oh, and when you mentioned murders and stuff, if they ever keep the bodies, it's either for like a strange fascination with their trophy or it's for sexual deviant purposes. Like the guy who had that doll that he stole, the woman he was obsessed with, he stole her body. Okay,
1: everyone and their mother does that one.
0: The doctor. I know, that's why yeah, that's why I didn't bring it up, but like that's uh that's he didn't try to bring her back, but he definitely took her.
1: Yeah, there was a bunch of like people keeping their mummified people's body like in their house and shit. And I'm like oh, snap. That, I mean, is not necromancy, so, but I mean, neither are, like, half the three that I picked, but, like, everyone does it for necromancy because they can't find shit, so. Yeah, Mm mm-hmm. I picked the ones that I picked. I didn't fucking get to tell you about Rasputin.
0: (gasps) Tell me about Rasputin.
1: So, um, some of you know Rasputin from the cartoon Anastasia. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. This is the same one. Or, you know, the actual history of the Tsar and Tsarina, Nicholas.
1: Yeah, we'll get into that later. But uh, Rasputin was a Russian mystic and self-proclaimed holy man who befriended the family of Emperor Nicholas II. And, er, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> some of bitch. Here we go. Okay. Rasputin was a Russian mystic and self proclaimed holy man who befriended the family of Emperor Nicholas II, the last monarch of Russia. Rasputin was murdered during the early morning of December 30th, 1916, by a group of conservative noblemen who opposed his influence over Tsarina Alexandria. Oh my god. <clears throat> Um, over Zarina Alexandria. Why am I having problems saying mm-hmm. Alexandria? Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> One more time. Over Zarina, Alexandria and the Tsar at the home of Felix Yusupov. Mm-hmm. Yusupov. Yusupov claimed that he invited Rasputin to his home shortly after midnight and ushered him into the basement. Yusupov offered Rasputin tea and cakes which had been laced with cyanide. Hmm. Rasputin initially refused the cakes but then began to eat them and to Yusupov's surprise he did not appear to be affected by the poison.
0: Hmm.
1: Rasputin then asked for some wine which had also been poisoned. And drank three glasses, but still showed no signs of distress. At around 2.30 a.m., Yusupov excused himself to go upstairs where his fellow conspirators were waiting. He took a revolver from Dmitry Pavlovich, then returned to the basement and told Rasputin that that he'd better look at the crucifix and say a prayer, referring to a crucifix in the room, then shot him once in the chest. The conspirators then drove to Rasputin's apartment um, with another with one of the conspirators wearing Rasputin's coat and hat in an attempt to make it look as though Rasputin had returned home that night. They then returned to Yusupov's house and they went back to the basement to ensure that Rasputin was dead. Suddenly, Rasputin leapt up and attacked Yusupov, who freed himself with some effort and fled upstairs. Mm. Rasputin followed and made it into the palace's courtyard before being shot by another conspirator and collapsing into a snowbank. The conspirators then wrapped his body in cloth, drove it to the, uh, oh shit, the Petroskivy Petroskivy bridge,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and dropped, huh. Petroscovy? Sure.
1: There it is. Uh, that bridge. And dropped it into the, oh, fuck, the Nikeva River.
0: Nekeva?
1: I'm pretty sure that is not what the word is. It's Nevka.
0: Ah. In the Nevka River.
1: News of Rasputin's murder spread quickly even before his body was found. A few days later, his body was pulled from the river, dead, but with his arms outstretched this meant he had come back to life again at least long enough to break free from his restraints water was found in his lungs evidence that he was alive for some time in the water Mm. the autopsy report ultimately listed his cause of death as hypothermia despite the poison beatings and four bullet holes he had sustained including one in his forehead Last but not least, when Rasputin's body was being burned in the woods in Saint Petersburg, he sat up in the fire and tried to move around. Historians often suggest that Rasputin's terrible reputation helped discredit the Tsarist government and thus helped participate the overthrow of the Romanov dynasty, uh, which happened a few weeks after he was assassinated. Accounts of his life and influence were often based on hearsay and rumor. Mm. Mm
0: -hmm. All I know is I definitely show signs of distress after one glass of wine. (laughs) But also, holy shit, the fact that there was water in his lungs, Mm -mm. he was magic it's a fact yeah
1: there was like a lot of shit going on apparently he had also been there was like an assassination attempt um before all of that by a i think she was some sort of sex worker Mm -hmm. but she shot him and he ended up surviving that one but Mm -hmm. people tried to say that That was also like he didn't die, like he came back to life, but there was no like he wasn't like on the brink of death, like he didn't actually Mm -hmm. die from that and then come back to life. But people try to say they
0: tried to say that he did. all I know is he looked dead that whole time he was alive. Dude, he looks scary. He looks like a corpse.
1: Yeah, and did you know that he had? I think he had like six or seven. He had like a shit ton of kids and like.
0: Only oh, three yeah. of them they say he adulthood. was a sex fiend,
1: he yeah, but ladies somehow legit had three kids that survived adulthood, and their descendants like his descendants now look like him like he has it's like a great strong jean and jeans. he looks exactly like him, but with white hair it's really creepy
0: his ass was um reincarnated.
1: Yeah, some sh- yeah, dude.
0: Dude, he is magic. I swear. Up. Insane.
1: Yeah, it was really freaking crazy.
0: Would you have had sex with him?
1: Absolutely not.
0: I would have just to see what the big deal was about. No, thank you. He <laughs> looked like he smelled. Abby. Oh my god, he did. I think they said he did smell. Sorry, we're dragging Rasputin, but. I mean, he wasn't, like, the perfect guy either, so either way. But, yeah, there are a lot of myths surrounding who he was and all that. He's an interesting fellow. He had to have been magic to freaking come back to life and endure all that, or it was just his adrenaline and his strong willpower to survive.
1: Yeah, it was probably that. Hello, the Russian. He was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) You think this can kill me? Ooh, take that out <laughs>
0: <laughs> was that your imitation of a russian
1: yeah, and it wasn't good but still i tried to imitate a russian i think you need to take that out
0: <laughs> it crackled a little who cares oh oh my god we didn't even bring up why we chose necromancy this week
1: i'm sure i'm hoping that people at least got it yeah it was easter
0: it was easter guys happy easter We literally thought of necromancy going off of the resurrection of Jesus Christ that was said to have taken place on Easter morning. And then
1: we did our research and we were like, hey, it's not the same fucking thing. Cool.
0: But it was still, it was, okay, it's the creepy version of resurrection and um, necromancy is something people ask for, whereas resurrection just fucking happens and then you just deal. Alrighty, well... That was our episode on necromancy. I'm
1: sure that we didn't give you the creeps, but we might have actually because we were talking about some really fucked up things. So hopefully y'all enjoyed. Let us know what you think in the comments on Instagram, on Twitter. Go like and uh, subscribe on...
0: On all streaming platforms and give us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. Yes. Okay, we love you. We love you. Bye.